Welcome to Candy Bar Antler Boy, a series where I, Mike Rappin, discuss the Netflix original series Sweet Tooth, live on the I Read Comic Books Discord stage with anyone and everyone who wants to chat. Every week we'll be discussing one episode of this brand new series and digging into the comic book of the same name by Jeff Lemire, originally published by Vertigo Comics. Now let's get into the show. Just so you know, this is going to be full spoilers for Sweet Tooth, the series on Netflix, episode one at least, and you have been warned. Uh, I'm going to bring my friend Danny on here who wants to chat about this series with me as well. Danny, I've got a whole bunch of stuff to talk about here. This first episode, absolutely incredible. I, I mean, in just the first episode alone, we get through a bunch of major points in the story. The emergence of the sick, the birth of hybrids, Gus is, Gus's growth with his dad, the introduction of the Grove, Gus leaving home. Like, As someone who just read the first volume of this book, and I'm kicking myself for having not read more because this first issue goes, or first episode goes way into some of the lore and the mythos of Sweet Tooth, the series, but... Um, Danny, what did you think of this first episode? Like, I, I really, really enjoyed it, but I want to hear what you think. Uh, hey, Mike. Yeah, no, I really, really liked it as well. There's a lot. I mean, from from the just speaking of the production value of the show, they put a lot of stuff behind this. Like you mm-hmm. can, you can tell from the minute this show begins. Um, and also having like you mentioned, I just read the first volume, so there's definitely some rearranging of the storytelling. Yeah, but, yeah. But I liked it because it's it's building out the world, right? Like beginning with the crumble and what's going on. Now, some of that stuff hit a little close to home, you know, due to... Oh, man. ...in real life. Dude, I, I don't even want to get... Don't even get me started on, like, the fact yeah, that yeah, like, yeah. there's this virus and everything. I was just like, oh, right. Netflix, you might have released this show at the wrong time. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, But once we get past that and we meet... I think I think uh, Will Forte is perfect as Gus's dad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which, yeah, kind of, like, brings me into, like, kind of where I was going with, I was thinking about going with things. Like, you know, the episode spends a lot of time building up Gus's relationship with his dad, right? Um, something that is very different than the comic book. And I don't want to necessarily spend this whole series just comparing and contrasting the show with the comic. But um, it's very up at the top of my mind because I just read it. And um, I-, I thought it was a- an interesting way to establish the character. Obviously, more Will Forte on screen, the better, as far as I'm concerned. You know, Will Forte is a fantastic actor, and seeing him in this semi-serious role where he's a bit terrifying um, was really, really interesting. Uh, I-, I really liked the way that he-, he had these the moments of, like, going from very loving dad to this very serious, like, don't you fucking leave this, this forest or else. You know, I-, I really enjoyed that, and I think, you know, having... Having him in this character or in this in this uh, at playing this character was interesting because I think even today people still see Will Forte and they assume that there's going to be this fun kind of goofy guy, um, and seeing him in a more of a serious role was was really surprising and interesting. I, I thought he did a fantastic job. Um, what about you? Yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. I think it was it was important for the show to establish the relationship between both of them because you have to care about Gus. If you don't care about Gus. At the end of the first episode, you're not going to enjoy the show, I don't think. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. And, and, and yeah, his really, you know, like all the stuff that Will Forte, I, I love that he calls him Pooba. <laughs> like, it's such, a, it's such a fun thing. Like, okay, because he doesn't know any better, right? There's no, there's no one else to, like, teach him. He had to, he learned how to talk just from listening to his dad. And that's, like, that whole aspect of it, like, learning how to be a, a human just from one individual. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I thought that was very interesting. 
Yeah, I didn't even I didn't even consider that being like a I don't want to say limiting thing to his development by any means because I think you know Will Forte you know his character shows him trying to teach his son many things and trying to be you know let him explore let him make mistakes let him let him live his life as best as he can. Um, the only downside being that there are no other children, no no parents, no no anything in his life, just his dad. Um, but I, I thought that you know that 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 was a really interesting thing and yeah i never considered the fact that like there was no social side of things maybe that's just me being stuck inside for the last year and i'm just like yeah yeah i can survive just talking to one person you know it's totally fine <laughs> yeah uh, no, and, and we see that we see that immediately after you know his unfortunately his dad passes away yeah and he makes up friends he has dog who his dad gave him dog, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, which, yeah, I think a kid that grew up with no one around, he would just call dog the dog because there's, why would he need to name it something else? There's not like there's other dogs around. He doesn't need to differentiate between mm-hmm. dog and goat and all like all the other things. Um, but, but once he throws, I was, because I like Gus so much immediately, I was so afraid that anything that would happen to him, um, like when when he starts the fire, I immediately know like, oh, this is gonna come and bite him in the butt. Right, right. Like, you know, yeah. Um, I, like all the things that he's not supposed to do, he's doing. Yeah, I I think you know that's another thing that I wanted to bring up was I really liked all of the actors that they had play Gus. I think like with the exception of Christian Convery, Convery who ends up being like the Gus that we know and is like the main character of the show. I think all of the younger incarnations of Gus were really, really cute and they did a really good job of establishing this like young, innocent, naive kid just trying to live and grow and asking hard questions of his parents. Um, and while they're, they're very much like quote unquote, like very child actor um, in a lot of the moments that they're in, like it's very clear. It's just like some kid who is like, all right, you just got to say this line and then we're going to cut. And that's all you need to say today. Um, there was one scene like in the bath, particularly, you know, when Gus is being told by his dad, like what's out there in the world. And he's the moment before that he says, when am I ever going to be old enough? I'm seven. You know, I thought that was such a striking, powerful moment in the episode. And then his dad tells him this whole story about what's actually happening in the world, which is, you know, him just kind of fibbing to try to keep his son a little bit afraid. Um, but I think that, you know, that kid had a had a really amazing moment in that scene. Like, he, he was really selling me on this, like, innocence and this awestruckness um, that he had at just listening to his dad kind of explain these things that he's had questions about for probably a few years. But then, of course, we end up getting Christian Con- Convery, and he's just stupendous. He's the most, like, adorable kid you've ever seen, and he's such... I think, you know, we, Danny, you and I were talking about this in a book club that we had earlier today. And, uh, you know, you mentioned that there was like almost a Disney feel to kind of the yeah. way that this kid is designed and dressed. And I 100% agree with that, but I didn't pick it up as I was watching. I just thought like, this is a very stylistic character. This character is supposed to be identifiable from a mile away. Um, and I think they totally nailed that. But making it like, is he a Disney character? Definitely is an interesting way to look at that. Well, I mean, if you look at the if you look at Lemire's original art and then the translation, like they made a very deliberate choice to not have Gus. Like to Gus, it looks like a pretty much like a normal kid. He just has antlers and the ears, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's not like he has any other. Because we saw other babies uh, that were different animals, which yeah, was yeah. adorable, but there was also kind of weird. Like there was an armadillo boy. <laughs> there was a, there was a kid with with art with wings instead of arms. Like, all right, yeah. I hope he's okay. <laughs> 
where she like the little dog the little dog boy was cute too because yeah. it, like it's a dog but but you know like as you would grow up with you know things in your face that are not human that could seem kind of weird so they made a deliberate choice to leave gus uh, as just a boy that has antlers in the in the ears and yeah. i guess also because some kind of enhanced like he's a little more enhanced than a regular boy i, I, I don't know he feels like very agile. He sniffs around. So, well, so yeah, has... yeah, and I, I think that that's them. <laughs> this is this is something that like I as I was watching, I kind of was like, okay, I get it. He's a he's a special, clever little kid. He he built all this stuff. He's fixing his dad's old tools and stuff. He uh he's he's agile. He can fight little snow monsters and stuff like that. He can kick things around. Like he knows yeah, he's yeah. got combat training. Like it felt like a a really half-ass like training montage to be like don't worry this kid can take care of himself whereas in my mind when i think of the sweet tooth thing and and again i want to bring it back to the comic here now because when i think of sweet tooth um and i think of gus as a character i think he's helpless like he's not doing well on his own he's he's able to get by but that doesn't mean that he's thriving i think the way that the show portrayed it is that like if gus had decided to stay in the forest and no one bothered him for another 10 years he probably would have been fine which i think mm-hmm. is an interesting thing um obviously gus's sense of adventure and wanting to leave and wanting to explore is there and it's it's apparent from the get go um but i think that the way that the show made it seem like oh yeah this kid would have been fine on his own is really interesting compared to the comic where i feel like there was a desperate in Gus's character where he's like if Jeopard hadn't shown up we don't know if yeah. if Gus would have survived another year or two you know yeah. um, especially with this the idea of like his dad dies in the comic book and the body just sits there and rots in the house like oh yikes God, yeah. you know whereas in the well, show they obviously didn't want to make it too disgusting so like he made a you know he buried his dad and stuff like that and they and, and this isn't me saying that the show is worse for this dumb, it's just different he builds a, a dummy dad too like to put him on the chair yeah 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 his scarecrow that he has in his house which was an interesting reveal because when you see that from behind and if you read the comic you're like oh my god did did the kid just put a dead man on a chair <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah, so I don't know. I, I these these deliberate cho- choices that they made to kind of change the story. I don't think that they're bad. I think that they just kind of change some of the tone. Um, but I like that this you know the story still kind of pushes on that idea that Gus wants to get out. He's curious about the world. Um, I feel like in the comic book it's a it's a sense of desperation. In the in the show it's more of a a want to explore, a need to find his mother, a need to find some familial connection because. He, it's probably, and it's not as dark as, as, as I'm probably saying it, but he, he probably just feels terribly alone and needs to find some other connection to his life that make his life make sense. Um, so I'm really interested to see where the story goes because, you know, once we, we get interest in, introduced to, um, Jeopard, who doesn't really give a name in this episode that I caught, um, uh, played by Nanzo on, 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 I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, I think like, I, I, I really love that the actor that they chose for this I, he gives a totally different vibe than the jeopard from the comic but i absolutely oh, yeah. love it um so I, i'll stop talking see... so you can jump in tenny well now that you bring that up and i forgot i didn't i didn't check but on when doctor we see dr sings house there's a football game in the background oh yeah and they actually zoom in on jeopard and he's so so we know he's a football player mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh be what well, he was i guess before everything happened so i'd be interested to see if the show's going to expand on his journey as well from him being a football player um because it looks like the show wants to show us more about 
more about the crumble and and how society kind of fell apart mm -hmm. as opposed to where the at least what i've read from the comic is just very focused on gus and his story going forward mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i think hopefully they do that because i would like to see a little bit of difference especially now that i've read some of the comic i don't want i want some surprises still in an adaptation i think that's sure. neat um but also the the uh, talking about the doctor like he was really good too um uh, the actor that played him and like just everything that happened with him and his wife and then getting to that reveal at the end with the babies like all that stuff was a lot of it was a lot of fun to like go through all that stuff and i say fun like it was enjoying watching the tv show not that it wasn't super sad because it <laughs> yeah. was a, yeah right um but yeah no it you're right i, I like i like the character of jeopardy too here um, so we'll see where that goes from, from this episode. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the, this is the thing where I'm, I'm like torn, right? I'm, I'm of the opinion that like, I guess, let me, let me add some comments, I guess, I, about Jeopardy, because I thought that the way that he was portrayed in this book, it feels almost one-to-one -one in the, with the comic, which is great. Um, but at the same time, very distinct. He seems incredibly, to me, him just showing up on screen, his voice his the way he carried himself, the way he responded to Gus he was immediately likable in like a, he's kind of a jerk, but in like a loving way. Like, you know, when he's ranting, you know, he's kind of talking like, you know, you're gonna have to rotate these crops, make sure you put this thing out to scare away these crows. You know, he's definitely doesn't, and he says it, he's like, I'm an asshole, but I'm not heartless. And I, I think having a character say something like that out loud is really, really funny. Um, but also it's the absolute truth of who his character is. And we get that right away. Like he doesn't necessarily want to hurt Gus. He, has some sort of other motive, um, but he clearly wanted to stop those poachers because they were just going to murder this kid, you know, which is a, a big problem, I guess, uh, for being these for being a hybrid, which is a whole thing. And uh, you know, having having read the comic from you know before, I, I know kind of where the story is going. But based off of some of the things that they've changed so far, uh, I'm really curious to know like what sh what Jeopard's end goal is here. Um, given the way that the the first volume goes um but I, the one other thing i do want to mention as well and is this idea and I, I mentioned it before like gus has this sense of adventure and obviously he wants to go find his mom and two this this idea of this grove thing which is a, a thing in the comic as well um mm -hmm. is out there and he knows that he's different he understands that he's a hybrid but he's never seen other kids before um so i'm curious to know how that all is going to play into things because i think in the comic, it is a driving factor. Like, hey, we need to get to this grove because you're a hybrid and you need to be somewhere that is safe. Whereas in this 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 TV show, it doesn't seem like Gus necessarily thinks that he's all that different. He just knows that he's different, but he doesn't. I don't think he doesn't. He realizes that there are other kids like him. I don't remember if his dad said that to him or not. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm also very interested in seeing how that interaction plays out when he meets other other humans because he's always been you know he's only met a few and the ones that he's met they, they try to kill him <laughs> right. uh and then he found one good one so far right and uh, even then he's not very that he's not really that good and he shot yeah. him in the head a couple times at the slingshot so <laughs> right which, i love like he just puts up with it like yeah um uh, but that whole thing you know that whole sequence of him running to catch up and he's got these amazing tracking skills <laughs> like oh yeah there's some footprints i can uh -huh. i know where he's going yeah he was definitely uh, yeah. rolling he rolled a natural 20 on his survival check in D, &D <laughs> and you know he's all good um yeah i guess before we get to the the end of the episode i guess um 
you know, I, I do want to talk about, you brought this up for a moment, you know, the, the before time scene where we basically see society crumbling. Um, did they call it the crumble or is that just what you're calling it? I think, uh, I'm trying to think, remember, no, I think they call it the crumble. Okay. Like okay. the news reporter. Because I really like that. I really like that. That's I got, all. I got the crumble from somewhere. Okay. Okay. Uh, know, well, maybe, you know, if you want to take ownership, if it's yours, you can take that. It's totally fine. Uh, crumble TM. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I did really like the, the, the gut-wrenching moments that we got. I like the, the ramp up, the, the, the expansion of the sick becoming a whole thing. Like, again, kind of panic-inducing. But at the same time, like right. this this chaos is happening and then suddenly this very strange other thing happens at the same time i like that the show tries to establish a timeline of like (laughs) did you know the sick happen and then these hybrids did the hybrids happen and then the sick clearly they don't seem to be related to each other at least from what we've seen in the show um but i like they they hit on on that same time i'm sorry go ahead they hit on that question a lot they they bring it up a couple times throughout the episode at least the narrator does which I like the narration, mm-hmm. uh, but that was pretty. That was not subtle at all. Where they asked that question multiple times, like, "What came first? You know, the hybrids or the the sick? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, did one lead to the other or whatever?" So I think that's going to be a big part of the show. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And if I remember, it's it's a very very big part of the comic too. I, yeah. And and again, so like I think that is the you know maybe we'll talk about the comic stuff. I guess to to wrap to wrap up the full TV discussion here. You know the the thing that I. I I really liked about that last bit of Gus um, running um, towards, you know, trying to track down Jeffard was all of the folky music that they had. Like this whole oh, episode, like especially yes. the last half is just full of American pop folk music. Like uh, that little lion man song, Mumford and Sons, that band. Like I love that shit. I yeah. think it's really catchy. I love there are days where I'll just jam out to that kind of music. I thought it was totally perfect for this for the show. So I definitely love the vibe that they're trying to give off with that. Uh, what, was your, what was your take on that, Danny? No, I, I love the music as well, especially that song at the end. Yeah, that you mentioned. Now that you mention it, like mm-hmm. coming back to that, like it it lifted my spirit because everything, <laughs> like I said, having just read the the first volume of the comic, and and the the tone feels a, it feels a little different. I I wonder. I'm gonna put some folk music like that when I'm reading the comic. See if it helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed that last sequence. Uh, like I said, there's so much. The show looks so good. I think this is one of my favorite pilots that I've watched in recent years. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I wouldn't... I don't know if I would go that far. I thought it was a very good first episode. I feel like I've seen more engaging um, pilots. The thing about this episode that really shocked me was... I I was skimming through it earlier today, just in preparation for today. And the Mm. thing that, that really got me was how much time we get with Will Forte as the dad... And how much time it is just Gus alone before the end of the episode. I didn't realize it was almost like a 60-40 split. Like the first 40% is just with his dad. And then his dad passes away and there's like the last 60% of the show that is just yeah. Gus on his own. I was, I for some reason felt like, oh, Gus and his dad, that's that's 70% of the episode. And then they rush to the end. Um, and it's, it's absolutely not the case. So I was, I was really impressed by the pacing of this of this episode making it yep. an, taking an hours long episode and actually finding the correct um they're using the, the the time in a really really 
like I guess effective way to establish this the the scenes with with Will Forte as his dad, and then the scenes where he's alone and he's kind of living his life and being being super smart, building his own little gadgets and stuff like that, and you know farming and taking care of himself. Um, it allowed us to truly let, like grow with the character as he goes from a baby to this nine year old, and then living as a nine year old on his own for a little while. Um, the only thing that I would I would argue is was not clear was there was a little bit of a time discrepancy um where and this is me just nitpicking but like you know he sets all of the stuff on fire he sets his dog on fire and he goes oh no i don't want to do that and then that is the same day as when the hunters show up for some reason i didn't realize that that was all in the same day i thought that there was like a sleeping sequence and then the hunter showed up the next day or something but the way that jeopard shows up and says hey you know this is you know you can't have fires like that during the day i was like wait is this all the same day like i was really really surprised by that but you know that's just a a minor gripe it didn't really change the story for me or make the episode worse i'm not a hiker so i don't know how long it takes to walk 20 miles Uh, (laughs) yeah okay Okay. a couple hours but (laughs) but yeah um and you know one, one thing i don't know that we talked about real quick like his love of maple syrup uh, like it's really funny because you know he picks up the little glass bottle and it could look like it's something else in there. We know it's maple syrup, but if you just show a picture, it's yeah. like is this kid drinking? What's happening? Yeah, this, this kid just—he's going underneath the stairs. He's got his whiskey. He just wants to chill out. He just wants people to leave him alone. It's—it's it's a totally yeah. normal thing to happen. Um, it, which I, I love, the little traps he set up, like very Home Alone, but not as effective. <laughs> not nearly effect as effective. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was interesting, yeah. And I, you know, they they did a lot of stuff, um, you know, uh, with him and the deer, like talking about seeing a deer mm-hmm. and a deer showed up and ran away. And I, I don't know if the idea of that was like playing off of the very obvious, you know, a metaphor of like, this is his innocence and blah, blah, blah. And now his innocence has gone away now that his father is gone and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it seemed kind of, kind of random in in some ways like he runs into the deer earlier i thought it was a really interesting moment when he's like hey i thought i saw my mom and his dad's like no that's that's not how this is but when you think about this danny let's take a step back i'm this is where i'm just gonna needle the tv show he doesn't necessarily know what a deer looks like and he doesn't know that he looks like a deer unless his dad explained it to him um i don't know i'm just (laughs) so why would he think that this is his i'm sure he's seen his reflection in water or something whatever man none of this makes sense this whole show is garbage (laughs) if i'm an inquisitive kid i would be like oh well that that has some parts that look like me yeah and my dad has some parts that look like me so i guess that's mom Uh, (laughs) yeah yeah like he doesn't know what mutation is or the x gene mike yeah this is true this is true um well, yeah, I guess um, as far as like, I don't know if you had any other final thoughts about the show. I was, I kind of wanted to talk about the comic for a minute if you, if you want to dig in with me here. Yeah, no, I think the only thing about the show, like I'm going to take my time with it. I'm going to uh, do like maybe one episode a, a day or something like that. Mm-hmm. I really don't want to binge it because I want to just have some time to enjoy in between episodes. I also feel like this could get very sad very quickly. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I definitely don't want to binge sad shows. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> So but Listen, that's about it. You got to get all the sadness out at once. That way you don't have to worry about it anymore. Um, <laughs> no, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. I think like, I, I'm definitely not going to binge it. I want to try to take this very slowly um, because I, I want to do this, you know, go through each episode of the show. And uh, 
I'm curious to know what folks out there th- thought about the episode. If they wanted to, you know, send us their thoughts. If there's something that we didn't talk about that you wish that we did. Um, the other thing I do want to bring up is, uh, so we read the the first volume for a book club that we're both in, Danny. And I'm curious to know, like, what your thoughts were in terms of the pacing of this. And I mean, like, we know what happened in the first volume. So mm-hmm. we're going to kind of spoil some of the stuff that happens in the first volume of Sweet Tooth if you haven't read it already. Um what were your thoughts on just like how things were paced out? Because I, I thought it was very slow, but if it had gone faster, I would have been upset, you know? Oh, so that's funny. Cause I think the first volume was so like, it was paced very fast. Like mm-hmm. I read mm-hmm. it in maybe 30 to 45 minutes tops. Oh, and sure. That was five issues. It was five issues of a comic. Uh, and, and I don't know if it's just the digital guided view that was just allowing me to go through each page and just, like not want to stop swiping, um, and also I guess I'm not the Lemire's style is not my preferred art style on mm-hmm. a book, mm-hmm. so I don't really sit there looking at the art for like I would with maybe some other books. Sure. Uh, so that that probably contributed to me going through it so fast, uh, but it fits the book very well. That so I mean the, it makes sense that you know like Lemire did all of this himself. Um, uh, yeah, but I, I enjoyed the book too. I, I did mention when we were doing book club, I kind of wish I hadn't read it because I'd, I'd like to go into the show not knowing anything. Gotcha. And then go back and read. Normally, that's what I do with adaptations. I'll watch the adaptation first and then go back to read the source material. Because hmm. there's that whole thing of like, well, the source material is better. All right, Harry Potter kids, we get it. But like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, um, that's interesting because I actually feel the exact opposite about this book. Um, I feel like given the way that the story has already started to diverge from the comic, I kind of want to, I want to know those differences up front. Um, you know, like Jeff Lemire's book and, you know, for those listening that maybe aren't familiar, you know, Jeff Lemire did this book back in 2009. Um, he had, uh, two other folks working with him on it. He did all of the writing and the, uh, pencils and inks. Um, Jose Villarubia did the colors and the letters were by Pat Brasenow, uh, Brasow, excuse me. And, you know, this, this book is... It's it's really dark. It's really fast. I mean, I think to your point about Lemire's art style, there's not a lot of crazy detail in his art. Not He's not hiding things. He's not dropping Easter eggs. What you're seeing on the page is what is intended. There's no secret hidden meaning or anything like that. Unless he's going for a nightmare, then he really goes for it. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, and yeah, that, that's another thing about the comic that I thought was interesting is that, you know, we, we saw this a little bit in the show in the bathtub scene where this kid is kind of daydreaming as his dad is telling the story about like you know what happened in the outside world which is his you know his dad's old version to scare Gus into staying um but you know we we see him kind of visualizing a lot of things that are happening which to me was a nod to the dream sequences that happen in the comic um the comic has like multiple pages of of Gus having these pretty horrific dreams um mm-hmm. that or dreams that turn horrific in the end um and it, which i think is really interesting i'm wondering how much that's going to play into the show because obviously it's it's kind of a key element to the comic um but again there there is nothing that says this show has to adhere to everything that the comic book does but i do feel like so far they've done a really good job of like 
keeping Gus really innocent and really young and really naive, as well as establishing a lot of the same, you know, bullet points that you needed to know to get into the book um, or get into the main story. Of course, that with one episode in, who knows how much things are going to change. But uh, I, I do think that at least for a pilot, for a first episode, they did a fantastic job of, of keeping to the same like tone and feel and everything that the show or that the comic originally offered. Um, obviously, things are going in a slightly different direction already um, with the way that Jeopard is introduced into the story and his ultimate goals it seems but um again we have yet to see really how things are going to play out since we barely get to know jeopard in this first episode yeah yeah and i think the fact that the episode is like it like, is twice as long as it took me to read the comic it makes it feel like it covered a lot of ground <laughs> yeah yeah but it didn't really right it really only covers maybe issue it really it only covers issue one maybe part of two yeah yeah uh, if that it, it does give you a little bit more world building that you don't get in the comic maybe you get that in the i'm sure you get that in in, in the future of the series mm-hmm. um just just knowing lemire and his you know storytelling um from other books i'm sure he'll bring up all that stuff from the sick and it'll be a thing that we discuss but um yeah oh i i re- like i said it, it was it was really fast there's a lot of stuff happening that i'm curious about how if that's going to be adapted into the show or if it's going to be left on the the cutting room floor, I guess. Um, yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see where this show goes. I think I don't necessarily have anything else for this episode. I'm, I'm again, it's, I have to resist watching the next episode, but I will definitely try because I, I do agree with you. There's probably like, a pacing that needs to happen for this series. I know some folks, the friends of ours have, have watched already like six or seven episodes of the show. I think there's only eight. Um, so we're going to be doing this show. I'm going to be doing this show for, for eight episodes. Um, long. I want to just jump into one episode every week, but, um, yeah, I think that pretty much covers everything. Danny, I, I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with this, chatting about the show with me. No, thanks Mike. Yeah, I definitely have been looking for somebody to talk to about this. And so I'm glad that, we have this space and especially since having just read the comic, mm-hmm. uh, it makes it a really interesting conversation because we have, we have plenty of places to go and not just talking about the show, which it was a fun conversation on its own because it's like so far, I think there's a lot to talk about. Definitely. Definitely. I'm really excited to see where things go from here. So um, I guess to wrap everything up, uh, thanks for listening. This is the first episode of candy bar antler boy. Uh, this is just a, a new series that we're going to be trying out here while this show runs on Netflix. Um, you can always check out the rest of the stuff that we're doing over at I read comic books at ircbpodcast.com or on Twitter and Instagram at IRCB podcast. Uh, you can follow me at Mike Rappin. Danny, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at echo spider on Twitter and you can listen to my podcast at next issue pod on twitter and you can look at all that stuff uh, we have youtube videos too and stuff like that so cool check beans. That out. cool thanks danny um and yeah so we'll be trying to do these episodes like every thursday night is my goal i just want to get down chat about one episode maybe t- touch on the comic book and go from there so hopefully you can join if you come onto our discord ircbpodcast.com slash discord you can join you can come on to these episodes you can chat we can bring you on just like i brought danny on today just to go through everything for sweet tooth so thank you so much this episode was edited by me there's going to be some fun little music and other things that i haven't yet figured out as we're recording but i'll make sure that all the credits for everything are in the show notes so until next time remember comics are good and so are you